I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Fully loaded show for you guys. A new stadium. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe, possibly, we're going to dive into it. A huge name is coming to visit the Pittsburgh Steelers at the same time because Mike Tomlin, sometimes he just works some magic, and we're going to hope that he works a little bit more when that player is actually in the building. And two names that the Steelers could still sign that are being somewhat linked to them late in the offseason. Plenty of news here as we approach rookie minicamp this weekend. We are official football is officially back. Like there's nothing, there's nothing better than football officially being back. It was a beautiful weekend. We enjoyed a little uh, barbecue cookout, drank drank some brews, ate some dogs, and uh, some moldy, some moldy hamburger buns. Shout out to Sam's <laughs> Club for those. But uh, how you feeling, my friend? Feel good. Yeah, I I don't think I got a moldy hamburger run, but yeah, Noah was very kind. He hosted us and the rest of um rest of our team at Fan Nation Pittsburgh at his house. It was it was awesome. Um, I had a lot of fun. I kicked some ass in cornhole i was i I did my brother and i play a lot so i've i've had some practice it was uh it was actually very impressive i was sitting there talking to my name i invited the neighbors over and i was talking i was like damn dude i didn't realize steven was was this good i would have picked a different game smoking everybody smoking Should have been hustling people we should have played for money you should have and honestly jillian so you know steven was teamed up with my fiance jillian she would have been all in on it she would have been like all right let's you know (laughs) run the streets here this is how we do this so definitely could have made a couple of bucks a couple of brews in i definitely would have tossed some money on the table especially after the Kentucky Derby didn't go my way. Shout out Sun Thunder. Should have came out with some money. Didn't. It's okay. We'll get them next time. Let's yeah, talk I, some Pittsburgh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, I just, I feel very like I wasn't, I didn't have the the presence of mind to bet on the Kentucky Derby, and I'm glad yeah. I didn't because I would have, I would have been in the same boat. No, nobody's betting on Mage. Nobody's looking at the name no. Mage and going, that's no. the winner of the Kentucky Derby. Cool not no. even a cool name. No, it's such a boring name. It's like there are, you have a horse. The horse is your obligation as a ho- ho- horse owner is to pick the coolest name possible. And you came up with Mage. Right. Awful. Shouldn't have won. But shout out to them, I guess. Fan, FanDuel taking another but, uh, another bunch. Bite. Bulk, bite. bite, bite out of the wallet there. But uh, that's all right. It was a good weekend. Let's talk some Pittsburgh Steelers football. News and notes. We got a possible new stadium, Andy Waddle's press conference, and then a big name, uh, 
setting up a little uh, invite visit. I guess it would be an unofficial visit mm. to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, we'll start with the new stadium. The Steelers promoted David Morehouse, a former Pittsburgh Penguins executive that actually helped them land the deal at PPG Paints Arena to vice executive vice president of strategy after joining the team last year as just a senior advisor. So his role will be, quote-unquote, strategic direction of Acrisure Stadium and operations. On top of that, uh, I believe it's like a over a $1 million, $100 million, excuse me, um, operation to get out the troughs, puts murinals in the restrooms. We talked about that last time. Stephen loves the conversations in the restroom at halftime. It is what it is. You look at all this, you start thinking, okay, you know, the lease is up at 2030. Maybe the Steelers look at a new home. Maybe they leave the North Shore. It just seems that all these these dots are collecting or connecting. Excuse me. Do you look at this and think, oh man, maybe the Steelers are get a new home, or do you just think, oh, Acrisure Stadium is about to be the next Jerry World, and things are about <laughs> to bump out over on the North Shore? Um, I don't think so. I like this setup they have now. Um, Acrisure Stadium, I feel like, is a nice spot. It's in the city. Um, I feel like there's plenty of plenty of room for everything that that Steelers fans need. Um, I like the setup they have there. I think there's. I think it's not very likely that they end up moving the stadium. I think it's more mm-hmm. likely that they are fishing for a renovation. Um, and this is all like this is just kind of a setup over the next few years. There's going to be a fight with not a fight, but conversations with the County um, who I yeah. think owns the stadium technically uh, like the Steelers just lease it from, from them. Um, but there's going to be haggling over, okay, how much is the County going to pay for renovations and stuff like that? What kind of tax breaks will they get? Um, that seems more likely to me than a complete relocation. Um because I don't know, like moving out to Cranberry or like, you know, the no. suburbs, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I feel like that would not actually really benefit anyone, quite honestly. Um, no, I, no. You'd be getting a lot of upset Steelers fans. On top of that, like you talk about moving in, in town. The biggest problem with the Penguins is that it is impossible to do anything before a Penguins game. Like your options are go to three bars right on that block or just go straight into the arena. There's no tailgates. It's perfectly set up. You know, sometimes you run into a little incident where the Pirates and the Steelers are playing, but even then it still works out for everybody. It's the perfect location. I will say this, though. You just mentioned, you know, the county's going to have to, and the Steelers do. They lease that They lease that property, and that lease is up in 2030. But I expect, you know, I expect that to renew. Art Rooney came out and said that he expects that to renew. These are some numbers on the last two guys, the last two teams that, you know, upgraded their stadiums that put it that put their original stadium or their last stadium up when the Steelers did right around that 2000 mark. The Titans paid two point one billion dollars and the Browns paid one billion dollars for just a renovation. So you're looking at like you're probably looking at the same for the Steelers. I don't I don't know what you know what that does. I don't really think that it does anything crazy for any of us. But what do you think like you know, you look at a new stadium, what do you even do? Like do you do you put a dome in there? Do you do you change anything at all? Like are the Steelers just it's Heinz Field. Like I feel like the classic look is just you know, yellow that's seats. that's just part yellow of what seats. it is. Yeah, yellow seats on the North Shore. Um yeah, I don't I don't really know what like so I, I do know that Heinz or Acrisure is generally considered one of the worst, like 
not the worst, oh, yeah. but it is one of the older NFL stadiums out there. It hasn't been renovated, I think, since it's been no, since built. its opening. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's mostly yeah, it's mostly the same. Um, I I don't know what specifically you'd have to upgrade. Like it, I've been there like as a fan and as a and and to work a few like a bunch of times, and it seemed fine to me. Um, yeah, nobody's but, nobody's freaking out over Acrisure Stadium. Do you think right. they put a dome in there? You think they? No, you think no. you put a roof in there? No, no, no. You can't I'm put a, a dome. I'm a hundred percent for a roof in Acrisure Stadium. One hundred percent. Been about a roof in Acrisure Stadium. Like, I just no. think it opens up so many possibilities. You could have a Super Bowl here. You could bring a Super Bowl to Pittsburgh. You're telling me you don't want a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh because Art Rooney wants a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. The city of Pittsburgh wants a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. You want a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh? You put a roof on that stadium. Yeah, but then you're kind of. I feel like you're betraying a little bit of the personality of the city. And, retractable you know, roof. Like, retractable roof. Retractable Open that bad roof. boy right up. I'm, I'm not cold. Well, yeah, but that's like you know that's AFC North football, man. That's that's Pittsburgh. Like, come on, show a little grit. What are we? Can't be a hot kitchen if it's freezing cold outside. Can't just can't. can't. Be a what? A hot kitchen. A hot Mike kitchen. Tomlin, AFC North hot kitchen. Can't be. Can't be a hot mm. kitchen if it's freezing cold outside. I get what you're saying. I agree with it. Like, I, you know, and is are they going to put a roof on there? Probably not. I think if I'm sitting in that negotiation table and I'm and we're you know in a board meeting and Art Rooney's sitting there and the guy from the CEO of Acrisure Stadium or whoever's sitting there and David Morehouse is sitting there, I'm just thinking maybe I toss it out there. Maybe I just go, well, you know mm. what would be great for tourism and for the city and to develop new fans. And you want to know what would be awesome if we made it happen in the next four years. And somehow we ended up in a super bowl to play that super bowl in the city of Pittsburgh. I just, you know, and like, it's not like, like the NFL would be all about it. They would not not be like, you know, they love going to LA. They love going to Tampa, you know, all these cool places. If you were like, Hey, the city of Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to host a Super Bowl. Fans would lose their minds. The league would lose their mind. It would work out so well. Like, and I get it. You know, it's not going to happen. But like, you know that like there's there are few stadiums, there are few places in the NFL that hold as much ground as Pittsburgh. Yeah. And the league would the league would love lo- they would be drooling over an opportunity to host a Super Bowl here. Yeah, there's certainly some history and like this is just a football city in a way that yeah. like you know like LA and Miami like they're great stadiums and I'm sure they're great places for people to spend Super Bowl weekend but they do not kind of have that passion behind football as a city like Pittsburgh does no. in a region like Western Pennsylvania does. Nope. So that's certainly a draw but I don't know. It just seems like every time, like it seems like that's what the Titans were trying to gun for. Like, yeah, did they really need a new stadium. I think no. they just wanted to host a Super Bowl. And then... yeah, maybe Steelers next. There, it's not like we both know that it's just going to be like some fancy ketchup bottles and some new seats and right. You know, there'll be new some luxury new boxes. There'll be yeah, new luxury yeah, yeah, boxes yeah, yeah, or yeah. Whatever. yeah. Like uh, let me tell you, the luxury boxes. I sneak my way into there sometimes. Use the restroom after a game. You know. They're pretty nice. They're nice as is. I'm not I got no complaints for those luxury boxes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree at this. Think that it's just gonna be a mad. It's just gonna be cool. Like you know, new stadium, awesome. But I, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm starting to get that in my head because I think in the next five years, maybe Heinz Field takes one massive upgrade, and it'll be cool. Like that'll be very exciting for all Steelers fans. All right, next thing on the news and notes here. Andy Weidel talked on Friday. A lot was said. I think the biggest thing that came out was his remarks about building the offensive line. He just hammered and hammered 
how important it was to build those trenches. Everybody knew that coming in here. Andy Waddle was that guy. He comes from Philadelphia. He's a former offensive lineman. Philly's got the best offensive line in football. Then he brings Isaac Siamalu and Nate Herbig over here, and then they go out and get Broderick Jones. This guy like just loved it, loved it, loved it. He's, all he could talk about was how you win football through the offensive line. And I loved his quote, too. He said, these guys travel. These are the, you know, this is yeah. this is the guys that you always rely on. Uh, you, you listen to that. You start looking back on the Steelers offseason. Did you get the hint that, you know, maybe Andy Waddle played a super big role into what the Steelers did this offseason and put these pieces together? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I absolutely do. If for nothing else than just to kind of, I don't know, it, it, I I I don't think it's an attitude change, but it's definitely an emphasis on the offensive line and being tough and being physical and being able to out muscle teams. Um, yeah, this is just what Andy Weidel knows um, to a certain extent. Like you, like you said, he played offensive line. Like, and that was I think what struck me the most when I was listening to him talk was he was he just basically said like I, I was an offensive lineman. Like this is what I do. This is what yeah. I know. Like this is how I would build a football team if I um. And I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Um, you know, he's also seen NFL teams that he's been with, that he's worked for, win at the highest level uh, behind great offensive lines. Um, and when you've already got a, a, a young quarterback that you're invested in, a top young receiver that you're in, you're invested in, a defense, the most expensive defense in in football, like you're invested in a lot of other positions beside the offensive line. I think they brought in Andy Weidel to say this is where we need to focus now. Like we've, we've built this team in a lot of ways and there's a lot of the pieces that are currently on this team that are going to be a part of our future, but the offensive line is a glaring, glaring deficiency. And it's, it might be one of those things that's holding us back from unlocking, you know, a new level and, and getting back to, you know, unlocking that next level with Kenny and young guys and, and with that defense. Yeah, I agree. And I think what's cool is that, you know, we've talked about the window being open and we've also talked about what Omar Khan excels in. And that's just seeing the picture like he's not the greatest. Oh, I know how to construct a football team perfectly. And I know the ins and outs of football better than anybody. He just knows how to be a general manager and be a successful one. And I think having Andy Weidel there, my thoughts were what's awesome about this is that you made Omar Khan your general manager because he knows how to listen and construct and put everything that you're telling him into place correctly. And now he's got somebody who's built Super Bowl teams 
saying, hey, this is what we got to do. This is how we should do this. And Omar's just going, yeah, sounds good. I'll go make it happen. And then they put, you know, in my opinion, the best offensive line the Steelers have had in, in over five years easily. Oh, yeah. But possibly, you know, if everything works out for them and James Daniels turns it, because I look at James Daniels, he's 25 years old. Dude's got so much upside ahead of him. You know, you 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 stack him. He's a building block. Chooks is 25 years old. If he works out and the Steelers love Chooks, whether he's that good or not, that's a building block too. Now you got Broderick Jones, who's 21 years old. Like that guy's going to explode and hopefully be your franchise left tackle. Maybe, maybe Siamalu C- has three years in him, four years in him. Like what this could turn into could be, you know, the best offensive line the Steelers have had in a long time. You look at that and just say, hey, look at like that's we were giving us so much credit to Omar, and I still think Omar deserves all the credit. But Andy Weidel, you know, for there at one point this offseason, there were reports saying, oh, Andy Weidel doesn't, you know, he's sitting, he's got a back seat, you know, in, in, in all this. They're not listening to him. Clearly they are. And those reports yeah. were super wrong because yeah. it, they Andy Weidel, Andy Weidel's fingerprints are all over what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing right now. And you know, it was cool. Like it was, it was also, it, it was just cool. It was just cool to hear that, you know, people, this is actually working. Like, you yeah. know, like the vision of what is going to happen works. It's, it's yeah. working. I was going to say, it seems like uh, Omar and Andy are kind of two arms of the same body. You know, Andy, yeah. Andy's identifying, okay, we, we should get this guy and this guy and this guy. And Omar just knows how to go get him. You know, yep. Yep. I, I think that was, that was kind of my takeaway. And then, I also like to your point about this being the best offensive line they've had in what five years. I think it is not just like, I think the top end talent, like your starters, your, your best five is not, is not only the best that it's been in a while, but you also have like what eight guys that you'd be comfortable playing. Like between you have your top five, but then adding, you know, Jones, um, yeah. Nate Herbig. Yeah, Dotson coming off the bench. Yeah, Do- yeah, and exactly. Dan Moore Jr. All if right. those if Broderick Jones starts and you got Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, Nate Herbig coming off the bench, on top of LaRaven Clark, which I don't know anything yeah. about him, but he's got experience, Little and you just drafted Spencer Anderson. Like, right? That's a damn good offensive line. That's right. you know that's way better than last year. Or C or uh, J C Hassenauer running the show back there with Kendra Green being your security blanket. Like that was as right. bad as it got. Right. So, yeah, full circle. It's a whole. It's a whole room. It's not just a starting line. It's a whole room, which I think is is notable too. Yeah, huge. So shout out to Andy Waddle. I think you know. I think the big question now is like how you know how long does this guy last? You heard him talk. You right. realized, okay, yeah, he's put this. I think he's got one year left in him. Like this is it. This is this which, is the last hey man, season. He's done his job. Like honestly, oh, yeah. like I mean, you're kind of you're hoping that everyone actually works out, and these pick these picks are actually these picks and these free agent signings, these trades that they all actually work out. But like to this point, I, there's Andy Weidel probably could not have done a better job. Than yeah. He's done. Yeah. So shout out Andy Weidel. We got 365 days with him, probably less than that at this <laughs> point. And then uh, he's off somewhere being a GM to some football team and probably making it a good one because what we know about him is, is only good so far. All right. I think the biggest news and notes that happened over the weekend is a conversation between Mike Tomlin and uh, a brother of, probably the best player in Pittsburgh right now, TJ Watt. So Tomlin, just a little backstory. Tomlin posted a video on YouTube and then he shared it on Twitter of why the Steelers love brothers and siblings and just talked about, I think there was three of them. Part one was like the genetics. You know, if JJ Watt comes out of the womb, chances are TJ is going to be pretty close to how great JJ Watt is. Uh, Two was the exposure. And then he talked about 
you know, getting to watch or getting to meet TJ Watt as a little kid with a mohawk in the green room watching JJ Watt and how that becomes more of a reality to those kids. And then the third one was just like, you know, it's a brotherhood sport. How much closer can you get than brothers? And you're like, yeah, that's, you know, it's very true, which is cool. You know, I like, I like to, for them to one, acknowledge it, but for two, explain it to everybody. Because if you asked that in a press conference, he'd be like, no, nah, I don't, you know, we don't really have a fascination with brothers to, <laughs> to take that on his on by himself was cool. So JJ Watt replied to the video on Twitter and said, you know, incredible coach and incredible human. There's a reason players would run through a brick wall for you. Been a pleasure hearing Derek and TJ share stories about you and your leadership. Hope to come visit sometime if you'll have me. Tomlin, after eight, so there's 86 comments under this JJ Watt thing. I would guess half of them are people saying, please sign in Pittsburgh. And the other half are people tagging Mike Tomlin saying, reply to this man right now. So Tomlin yeah. did and said, would love to have you come to the facility. You are welcome anytime. Fellas, have you ever wished you were a little bit taller? Maybe you matched on Tinder, but her profile says must be over six feet. Maybe your date wants to wear heels, but she can't because it'll make her taller than you. Well, I got the short Kings covered with today's sponsors, Kanzuri. Kanzuri makes shoes that make you up to 2.8 inches taller without anyone knowing. Look, Girls get heels, makeup, and push-up bras. Why can't men get a boost in confidence, too? We're all the same height laying down, if you know what I mean. For a limited time only, our listeners get an extra 15% off our your order with our code ALLSTEALERS at Kanzuri.com. The site is already 30% off, and with our code, you get an extra 15%. That's 45% off your entire order. Support our show and check them out at con. Z-U-R-I.com and use our code all stealers. I'm going to wait. I waited until right now to make this grand opening box reveal. Good old concerns. Double boxed. I think that's what I love the most about this is double boxed. Flip it over. Oh, it's got that new shoe smell. You know what I'm saying? A little drip on the outside, a little drip on the inside. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Not only do Kanzuri shoes make you up to 2.8 inches taller, but they're also incredibly stylish and comfortable. These are not old men Velcro shoes. You'd get compliments on your Kanzuris, even if they didn't make you taller. They have styles for every occasion too. Smart, casual, sporty, you name it. The height insoles are actually built into the shoe, so no one could tell you're getting a secret height boost. The brand is also hidden on the shoes and the packaging, and it's really the ultimate height hack. Life's short, but you don't have to be. It's time to level up your playing field, boys. Maybe update your dating profile to six feet. Kanzuri is an absolute game changer when it comes to your dating life. On top of the 30% off the site, our listeners get an extra exclusive 15% off discount at Kanzuri.com with our code ALLSTEALERS. That's a total... On your order. Use our code all stealers at Kanzuri.com. Go to C O N Z U R I.com with our code all stealers. When I want to get high, I put on a pair of Kanzuris. And as we could only guess from here, JJ Watt at some point this season will make his way to Pittsburgh or summer or whatever and at least hang out with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the closest we have ever gotten to a J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt 
partnership. Darren Darren Watt. Yeah, he's not around. TJ Watt, JJ Watt. You know, JJ Watt putting on the black and gold. With lack of a better phrase there, JJ Watt putting on the black and gold. Stupid news. In my head, I'm just like, oh, this is definitely a little bit alarm worthy. Yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, Look, like clearly, TJ, uh, clearly JJ has a ton of respect for Mike Tomlin. I don't think that's going to, uh, I don't think that's going to lessen uh, when JJ comes and gets to spend a little bit of time with with Mike. Um, I think JJ is actually retired. I don't think he's going to pull a Tom Brady <laughs> and, and come back. But um, look, like it, it only makes it more likely. You know, like it's yeah. not a. Um, I, I suppose it's not completely implausible right now but i think it also just speaks to like how much respect mike tomlin has in this league um and that's a cool thing to see i mean like when when you think about free agents coming here when you think about players who i when you think about the respect that like players have for him i feel like that's it's it gives you a lot of confidence that mike tomlin is able to not that you like needed any more confidence in him but the fact that he's able to rally a room that he has guys who you know, aren't just playing football for the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's their job, but that they actually care about this guy that's leading them and they respect him and that, you know, there's there's some real juice behind what they're doing every day. Yeah, yeah. Tomlin is continues to show us, and even, you know, Steelers fans are Steelers fans, love Steelers fans, but at the same time, they are just the nastiest group of human beings with the smallest patience in the world. And mm-hmm. a lot of them, they're not fans of Mike Tomlin at this point. Want him gone. The league, there is not a single person in the NFL, not one, not a retired one in Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger or whoever that says Mike Tomlin is not one of the greatest, you know, mm-hmm. is not one of the most respected men in human are, are in the NFL. So I agree. Like, you know, Mike T is Mike T. I was watching Bussin' with the boys yesterday and they were going on about the Antonio Brown stuff about how he doesn't maybe he doesn't actually own the 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 empire and he has <laughs> not paying his employees. His coach quit and then came back. And, you know, now I don't know. It's, it's pure chaos, as we could all imagine it was going to be. But even then, we're like, you know, shout, if there's one big takeaway about this, it's shout out Mike Tomlin because the guy is one of the greatest coaches of all time. And yeah, the respect is there, but I think going off of that conversation, you get JJ Watt in the building and I'm creating a story out of nothing here. I get it, but I'm going to keep the optimism high. You get JJ Watt in the building. What's more enticing. What's gets those football juices flowing more than watching your brother out there at practice, dominate the field and just thinking, dude, I could be playing on this team right now. Like, you know, the Steelers are going to look damn good this summer. They're not going to look bad. They're not going to be, you know, schlobs out there. You're going to have a Kenny Pickett, who's a stud. You're going to have Najee Harris, who is the most intimidating running back in the NFL outside of Derrick Henry when it just comes to watching this guy in practice. Now you got Mm -hmm. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. Everybody knows about George Pickens. Allen Robinson's in town. You got a new offensive line, nasty Broderick Jones out there. And then, boom, TJ's just chilling there, right in the back, saying, hey, what's up? Oh, and Patrick Peterson's in town, friend of J.J. Watt's. They could be hanging out. Mm, I don't know. And then Mike Tomlin just plays a little magic. I'm sure he cracks a joke like, hey, you coming to Pittsburgh? You're you going to sign here? I bet you. You know, I'm not going to say he does it. I don't think he does. But I bet you he goes home and he has a conversation with his wife about, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he he shuts the door at home when he when he gets back home and he turns to his wife and she says, don't even think about it. Don't even yeah, think about like it. Yeah, like there's no. The gears are already turning in his head. 
Yeah, the second he gets back in that car, which I'm sure is just a ginormous vehicle because he's a ginormous. It has man. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's the second he shuts the door on his ginormous Escalade or something and drives away, he's thinking, damn, maybe, maybe yeah. I can make this trip to Latrobe every day. Maybe that's a good time. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I would not shut the door on a J.J. Watt potential, potential something going on here. I think this is the best opportunity the Steelers have had ever to land this guy. Like. Hands down. All right. Yeah. Oh, you got last thoughts no. here on JJ Watt? No, I think you I think you got it. All right. He's coming to Pittsburgh. There it is. End of story. Kyle Van Noy, another name to watch for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pro football focus named this guy the the landing spot or the Steelers the top landing spot for him. He's a former Patriot, which you know very That's well. Right. Spent a lot of time there. Spent last season with the LA Chargers, started 13 games for them. Uh he he's had five sacks. I was looking up his stats the other day. He's 32 years old. He's only had one season with less than five sacks since 2017. So this guy still knows how to put up numbers. He still knows how to contribute off the bench, even if that's not like, you know, the most impressive stat line. It's a pretty good one for a 32-year-old. You look at this guy, you think, yes, no, maybe we're reaching a little bit. Maybe we're overlooking Nick Nick Herbig. Or do you say, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it makes sense from a football perspective. Like that, I think you – You'd add kind of in a vacuum. You'd add Kyle Van Van Noy if you can. Um, you could use some depth at linebacker. He can still play, like you said. I don't know if he's the same guy that he was when he was New England, and he was. I don't know if he made any All Pro teams, but he was definitely a Pro Bowler. He was the best linebacker on a bunch of Super Bowl, um, bunch maybe one or two Super Bowl teams. Um, it's hard to keep track of all those championships the Patriots win. Um, but uh, you just wonder about the price. Uh, so I think he was making like 2.2 million in, in LA. That seems like a reasonable number. Um, you maybe sign him for a little less just because of his age. Um, but from a football perspective, yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. And I think you definitely explore it at the very least. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just so, uh, you know, here, because you know, lots of super bowls, I get it. Nobody likes the Patriots. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots, and he okay. did make their all 2010s team, but he's actually never even made a Pro Bowl. Really? He's never never even been on a Pro Bowl roster. Yeah. That's wild. He's he was definitely good enough, I felt like. I don't feel like any you feel like if you can walk and chew gum at the same time, you can make a Pro Bowl. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah, Tyler Huntley was a quarterback yeah. in the Pro Bowl last year. We talked about whether it was him or seven touchdown, nine interception, Kenny Pickett. So yeah, it was, you know, sometimes it gets rough pickings down there. But, I, you know, I look at Kyle Van Noy, I agree with you. I think in a football vacuum, this is a guy that comes in here. You know, he's got the ability to play outside linebacker. He could play off-ball linebacker if you need him to as well. But at the same time, like if I'm Kyle Van Noy, I'm not really interested in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I don't look at this as a place that I could thrive. At 32 years old, like he's not looking to sit on the bench. You know, you're playing football because you want to play football and you could still contribute to a football team. If you're the fourth Outside linebacker in Pittsburgh, you're playing z- like literally zero snaps on defense during a game. If you're the the third or the fourth off ball linebacker or inside linebacker in Pittsburgh, you're playing five snaps a game if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, like that's just not it's not a place for him. And now if Nick Herbig decides that he's only an off ball linebacker and the Steelers realize quick that this guy can't do it, then you go out and get Kyle Van Noy. But until then, you're looking at this and going, Mark Robinson is who they want to be the third inside linebacker. And even if Mark Robinson doesn't work out, they're going to give him the first opportunity. And then Nick Herbig is who they want to be the next outside linebacker behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. 
So he, he's not going to get an opportunity there. I think he's got less of an opportunity at outside than he does on the inside. I just think for him, it doesn't make as much sense as it does mm-hmm. for the Steelers. But I think that's how it's going to be for everybody. Like Jadavion Clowney was rumored to come to Pittsburgh and be an option for them after the off or after the NFL draft. Again, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to come here and play nothing. Like as crazy as it sounds that two weeks ago, we were talking about, oh, this is the biggest need and it's still a hole that they have. You know, Quincy Roche, if he could do anything at all, is not a bad fourth option for the Steelers. If somebody goes down, that drastically changes, but you can't approach the season saying, oh, well, when TJ gets hurt, when Alex Highsmith misses these games, you have to approach it saying, okay, well, if everybody's healthy, we have a pretty good lineup. You know, right. if we add another one, it's better, definitely, but I don't know if it's the best option. Yeah, I think you make a good point about this not being the place FanDuel might want to go to. But yeah. I, I want to, you said they want Mark Robinson to be that third inside linebacker. You really yeah. think they, they're that high on him? Because I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like he showed that much last year to like give you confidence I don't think that he, he can do that. I don't think he showed enough. Like in my opinion, I think he's still a very big developmental piece. But yeah, from what I've heard, the Steelers, like they want him to be the next guy that they could like, they want him to develop into what a Landon Roberts is supposed to be this season mm-hmm. so that he could be that moving forward. And I think like, you know, do I think Mark Robinson could do everything as an outside, as an inside linebacker? Definitely not. But do I think he could be Robert Spillane? You know, without the ability to cover and pass, yes. You know, I think he, I think he's a guy that if you're like go in there on third and one, run straight in the middle and hit somebody as hard <laughs> as you can, he's going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I, I do think that from you know just from everything I know and have heard this offseason, he's the guy that they, they just hope. You know, they're going to give him an opportunity. I don't think it means anything. You know, I, I don't look at it and say this is a guarantee. They're just going to throw everything away because they want to give Mark Robinson an opportunity, but. I do look at him as like a reason that they wouldn't sign somebody. That's interesting because I, I, again, like in a football sense, like, yeah, you're taking Kyle Van Noy over Mark Robinson all day. All day. But if you're, I guess if you have an eye towards the future and yeah, you're like their, their linebacker spots are pretty much set with, with Holcomb, Roberts, and then Highsmith and, and Watt on the outside. Like your top line's good enough that you can get away with, Mark Robinson is your third guy and not because well, uh, but like how Van Oy wouldn't be that expensive of a, no, I don't know. I super cheap, but I think that's the same thing as like people who want miles Jack back, you know, like they're just like, well, he'd be a great fourth option. It's like, no, he would be, he would be a phenomenal fourth option. Like as good as it gets. But if you call miles Jack and you're like, Hey dude, do you want to sit fourth on the depth chart? Or you call, call Kyle Van Noy and you're like, Hey man, you want to come in here and compete for a third edge rusher spot? He's like, no, I want to be the, <laughs> I want to be the third edge rusher. I want to be the backup inside linebacker. You know, like I want to have an opportunity, and these guys will have those opportunities. People are going to get hurt in training camp. People are going to get hurt in the preseason. You know, they're vet. They don't need training camp. Like these guys don't need. They could come in here week one and contribute to a football team at this point in their career. And I think that that they they'll rather wait. Now, if somebody goes down and the Steelers suffer an injury. All of these guys are on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Miles Jack, Leonard Floyd, who's still out there. Quan Alexander still out there. Kyle Van Noy, as we said. You know, AJ yeah. Klein, Anthony Bart. Like, there are huge names out there that you could wait say, on. Does, why does no one want linebackers? Like, I think no they do. Even... I just think that they, you know, you look at it. For one, I think that the linebacker position's value has decreased significantly mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of years. Just because, you know, you're asked to do so many things. But at the same time, 
teams don't run base packages that much. They, they run a lot of everything else and you take linebackers off the field a lot of the time. And I also think that the, the inside linebacker like core that, I mean, like you got to think like the guys that signed this free agency, Levante, David, David Long, Tremaine Edmonds, Aziz Alshir, Jermaine Pratt, you know, Bobby Wagner, Eric Kendricks, Vayton Landerish, TJ Edwards, you know, Devin Bush was on there. Denzel Perryman. Like there were big names that went. Mm-hmm. And these are just kind of like the the aftermarket guys yeah. that are still out there. Some of them shock me, but I just think that teams are like, they're just looking at it like, oh, well, if we can't develop it, you know, well, if, if we can't develop this guy, we'll sign this guy. But we're going to give this guy yeah. an opportunity first. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Like, so the longer these names stick around, like their price isn't going to go up. Their so. price. Yeah. Their price change does not change whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. the sign in Melvin Ingram at the end of the summer, yeah. sign in uh, Trey Turner at the end of summer, like these veterans that just could come in here and start. And, you know, as long as you don't ask them to do too much, they should be fine. Right. And I think that's what, you know, they're going to wait, they're going to wait and see, but I don't think that either one of those names and by the other one, I mean, miles Jack makes any sense for this. I mean, it makes perfect sense for the Steelers. Doesn't make any sense for them like they're not sitting around going if they don't get a job by the start of the season yes right now with a whole summer left not a chance you know mm-hmm. you're gonna make that signing early and then somebody's gonna go down somewhere and you're gonna be the mason rudolph of outside linebackers <laughs> chilling you know speaking of mason rudolph did you hear that the washington commanders called all 31 other football teams last year looking for a quarterback all 31 of them and, this, and th- th- that means the Steelers were on the phone and you couldn't get a deal done for any of them with the commanders. So I feel like they don't really know how to trade like they 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 were. No. Yeah. You, like, but it doesn't matter what you asking. Like if they were like, hey, we'll give you a sixth round pick for Mason Rudolph. You're like, yep, sounds good, man. Uh, yeah, we can make that happen. Like, what are you what? What are you waiting for? If it was a fifth rounder, you now don't have to trade twice to make that move for Nick Herbig. You know, yeah. like the pot. Yeah. What? That- that's that's crazy. That's 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 really wild. That yes. I mean, I have to. Mm, yeah, that does not make any sense. No, that, unless they wouldn't take him. Unless they yeah. were like, no, Mason, we don't want Mason. We'll take Kenny well, or Mitch. Not Mason. Yeah, did they think either of those guys would be available? Like they have to. They have to have been calling for. I, they for called Mason. everybody. They called. They apparently they even called looking for Mahomes. And I'm like, what are you giving up? Like, what are you giving up for Mahomes? We'll give you the whole team. Here, Andy, yeah, you can you, have you the, can you have, have stock. Now. You now own the team. We'll give this. Yeah. We'll give you the team. Dan Snyder will just gift it to you. Screw the six billion dollars. The Washington Commanders are now yours. Like that's what you're giving up for for Patrick Mahomes. That just doesn't. I don't know. But for the Steelers end of that, like even Mitch, like somebody, like you're telling right. me, and I get it. There were injuries that were happening, but I don't know. I'm making a move. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely dealing one of them, and I'm sure that when Mason heard that, he was not happy about it. He couldn't have been sitting there going, are you kidding me? Right. You had an offer in place. You didn't make any, you didn't, you didn't do it. You just let me sit on the bench and bitch about it all year. Right. They're just torturing him. Like it was awful. Got to feel yeah. bad for him. And he'd have a spot. He'd have an opportunity to show himself. Now he's waiting and maybe he'll get a job. Maybe he won't. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Mason got the worst end of whatever the Steelers did. To, you know, you could talk Chris Oladokun and how they screwed him. Not doesn't even come close to the, what they right. did to Mason Rudolph. Like, you know, I, I don't think Mason Rudolph's that good of a quarterback. I feel awful for the guy and what the Steelers yeah. did for him. hundred percent. Absolutely. All right. Sticking with the quarterbacks. Last thing I want to talk about here, Nick Foles becomes a free agent released from the Indianapolis Colts. Big Dick Nick 
on the open market. The Steelers signed two undrafted free agents, Tanner Morgan out of Minnesota and Hunter Johnson out of Northwestern, played for Clemson, former five-star recruit. I don't think either of those guys are locks. And I certainly don't think that, you know, you just bring both of them into the summer guaranteed and then say, this is it. This is the end all do all is Nick Foles. Is that an option for the Steelers? It's an option. Yeah. But like, again, same question as Van Noy. Like, is he going to want to come in and be the third quarterback on the roster? Like where I, I, I get it. He's been a kind of a career backup, but you're telling me there's no one who could use even like a backup court, like a second string quarter. Cause I don't, think he would beat out mid like i don't think no i don't think he beats out mitch yeah so it's kind of the same question as van noy like steelers would love it but is he willing to kind of take a step back and be a third stringer was he a third stringer last year what was the because it was matt ryan ellinger ellinger and nick Foles sat behind sam ellinger because i watched sam ellinger ellinger went in right he he replaced matt ryan i don't watch much colts football I don't either. Well, I know Ellinger played against the Patriots, and he was god awful. I think he threw like three picks. They got shut out. It was played the Patriots defense in fantasy that week, and I think they scored like thirty points. Um, yeah, Foles started two games, played only three of them last year. Went zero for two, four interceptions, zero zero yeah. touchdowns. Maybe Nick Foles isn't that. You know, maybe Big Nick Nick is is less big dick these days. He made a deal with the devil to win that Super Bowl, and oh, worth it though, hundred percent worth yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, like if you're if you're in the NFL, if you're like, ah, oh, no, no, I'm gonna try to last this one out. Like, no, he's made eighty-seven. It's not the numbers, like eighty-seven million dollars oh, yeah. or something in his career. Won a Super Bowl, has one of the greatest nicknames of all time. A play yeah. called after him, and he will forever go down as you know. Eli Manning is the goat slayer, but what Nick Foles did to Tom Brady and the Patriots in that Super Bowl, I mean, yeah. he never. Here. He never has to buy a drink in Philadelphia ever again. Ever again. Like, yeah. ever again for the rest of the time. Like, you know, that's worth the deal. Worth yeah. it. If I'm, you know, the devil came to me with that one, I'd be like, all right, give, give me a couple of minutes. Let me think about it. Let me <laughs> drink my coffee. Have a minute. But uh, look, at I look at, at Foles as definitely an option. Um, I don't know. Like, I was more sold on the younger quarterbacks and the bring these guys in during the draft before I saw who it was. Tanner Morgan does not impress me. I was not impressed with him in college and, you know, I actually saw a couple of his games. I don't know how I ran across Big Ten Minnesota football, but I did. Wasn't overly impressed with him. And then Hunter Johnson just never really worked out. Like, you end up in Northwestern. That doesn't impress anybody. Doesn't move the needle at all. You couldn't beat out anybody in Clemson. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, if it was a Clayton Toon, if it was a Jerron Holland, a Stenson Bennett, I'm like, yo, these guys are, this is it. You know, this is cool. Feel good about these guys. Undrafted guys less impressed you know look at them as just eh, maybe i mean i'm a little higher on morgan i think than you i don't think johnson is i don't really see him yeah he's from northwestern what is northwestern doesn't even play football yeah they yeah um you know northwestern did not win a game on american soil last year they had one win and they they won in ireland that's what i'm saying like he's not he's no yeah and, and and you look at the names that he couldn't beat out at northwestern like it's that's a little bit that's a little damning to me, especially for yeah. a guy who was who was so talented. Um, I'm a little higher on Morgan. I'm much more comfortable bringing him as him uh, using him as your third quarterback. Um, be cheaper than Foles. Uh, yeah, maybe if you care about that. But yeah, it wouldn't be a huge. What's a million dollars though? You know what I mean? Yeah. You pay him a million bucks, and the Steelers always bring four quarterbacks into the summer. 
Always. Now this year, I think it could be a different exception because usually Ben Roethlisberger is the QB one. So like, you know, you, you're not, he's not playing every snap during the summer. Kenny Pickett, you probably want to be out there as much yeah. as humanly possible with the other guys kind of splitting it. So I could see maybe they only bring in three, but if they're thinking four and Johnson, I mean, we'll see on Friday if Johnson has anything going for him, but if he doesn't, I mean, I'm giving Nick a call, you know, I'm just, yeah. Hey, what's up? You know, you, you want to come, you want to come work this summer? Like, you know, think of the, think of the names still out there that you could look at. He's easily the best one available Carson Wentz no chance get him as far away from any football team as humanly possible Matt Ryan I hope he lands somewhere it's not gonna be in Pittsburgh Bryce Perkins possibly not gonna say he's better than Nick Foles Cam Newton no chance Chase Daniel yeah yeah like not over Nick Foles doesn't move the needle Joe Flacco I highly doubt he's coming to Pittsburgh (laughs) that would be good Joe Flacco would be awesome I would be so hyped to have Joe Flacco in the building I think the Steelers respect the hell out of this guy, but I also think that both sides understand that like, you know, you have a legacy in Baltimore. Don't, don't screw it up. You know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't ruin anything for these guys. Um, you keep going down the list. Josh Johnson would easily be my favorite. The guy is a goat. Like don't care what anybody says. One of the greatest backup quarterbacks of all time, never disappoints. But again, I don't think that he's over Nick Foles and then Josh Rosen, no chance, no, no chance at all. And then your only other option there is Mason Rudolph unless you're going after Teddy Bridgewater, but that's not happening either. Like, I just think yeah. Nick Foles is like, you know, late, late, late addition to the group here. Not really a bunch of backup quarterback spots open. Give him a call. Say, Hey, what's yeah. a million bucks? Come, come work out and try to be our third string quarterback. If the Steelers wouldn't trade Mason Rudolph to the commanders last year in the middle of the season, when they obviously didn't need him, you're not, you don't want Nick Foles around. Like, you know, you're, if yeah. you're that nervous about injuries or whatever, you're telling me that you're okay with Tanner Morgan coming in here, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. And I was, I mean, at the very least, I feel like they could hold on to Nick Foles and trade him for something like some quarterback's going to get yeah, hurt. Yeah, that's and- another thing is him and Mitch Trubisky by week eight, somebody goes down somewhere. Yeah. You know, San Francisco loses quarterbacks like they lose wallets, you know, like yeah. car keys, quarterbacks, the same thing out there. Yeah. You know, by the middle of the season, they could be calling for Mitch and for Nick Foles. Yeah. And Mitch is as much as you want to say, like Mitch is a trade target to a lot of these teams. He's not because of his his price tag. Like that's a huge chunk of change to take on at any point during the season. If Nick Foles is here for a million bucks, somebody's going to call and say, hey, look, you know, we need a quarterback. Are you willing to give up Nick? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Nobody's calling for Tanner Morgan. They're just not like it's just not part of the deal. So I'm going to say maybe. I'm going to say maybe I do. I think it happens soon. No, I think Friday, Saturday, and I guess Sunday would be the retreat for the rookies, but Friday and Saturday would kind of determine a lot of that for me, but I don't, I'm not walking into rookie mini camp looking to be impressed with the quarterbacks whatsoever. Like, yeah, just not on my agenda. All right. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and inside the Panthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy a beautiful week here in the Berg. Peace. <laughs>